My name is John. I'm a compulsive overeater from Dayton, Ohio. Thank you. Okay. Uh, join me in serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, I won this workshop by default. We had a cancellation last week. Uh, which is okay. I don't. I really don't mind it. But we really didn't set any people up from Dayton to speak in any of them. Uh, the ones that have got the workshop from Dayton are people that have canceled out at the last minute. Uh, and I don't really. We haven't really had that many cancellations. Only one or two. This happened to be one of them. But me and I have married. My wife is in the program. I, <coughs> I thought maybe I could share a little bit with you. Uh, and I certainly don't want to talk too long. Because I want to hear some other opinions here about this thing uh, before I get too many brickbats thrown at me. Uh, I came into the program before my wife did, which is probably a little bit unusual for most people and uh, men and wives in the program. Uh, I really don't think she thought anything about coming in too much until she found out it was made up about 95% women, and then she, <laughs> you know, uh, changed her mind. I think. No, uh, I don't. I really don't know. I guess she saw. Some progress in me, you know, I'm sure she did, uh, was the reason uh, that she joined. But I did. I was in for a few months before she joined. We had some problems when I first uh, joined. One of them was I would put guilt trips on myself, and uh, I needed a lot of meetings because I was hurting. I was hurting bad. Uh, I was over 450 pounds, and... Uh, uh, Pretty close to death, really. I had so many things wrong with me that it was just really unbelievable. I was diabetic, high blood pressure, bad heart, uh, gout, couldn't walk, bad legs. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that I've lost over 200 pounds. Uh, I, it's just, I, I can't visualize it. I'm sure you people have all, you know, had the same problems. You've had the weight losses. You, you I didn't know I was big. That was a sad part. I didn't know. I didn't consider myself to be really that that bad off. When I look back and see someone at that weight now, or I ask someone what size trousers they wear, and if it's about six inches less than what I was wearing, it just blows my mind. I, you know, and I, I'm not through losing weight yet. I know I still have weight to lose, but uh, uh, I'm sure a lot better than what I was. That's for sure. But I think probably the progress I was making is why my wife joined the program. We'll ask her in a minute. Let her tell us I don't know but there were times when I, I needed three or four meetings a week uh, and I'd say after she had joined finally joined uh, say you want to go to a meeting tonight and she say no I'm tired I'd like to stay home or I don't feel well or anything well I, I would sit around then I would stew and I wouldn't go to a meeting and then I would feel resentment I put in the guilt trip on she wanted me to really go and it took me quite a while to to learn that and to realize that that uh, she really did want me to go. She really did want to night by herself at home, and she could just sit back and relax. Uh, and she tells me to go now. I'm gone. You know, you want to go? Fine. Okay. If not, okay. Stay home. That's a whatever. Uh, but in the beginning, I, I put the guilt trip on myself. She did. And uh, I found in this program that you have to give each other some space. You really do. You can't take each other's inventory. I think we all know that. But I think you have to give each other some space, too, to work in this program. Uh, our phone calls, I, I try to take all my phone calls in a separate room. Uh, she takes her phone calls. I, you know, 
we have our office, the bedroom, or the front room, wherever the telephone is. <laughs> but I, I don't try to take any OA phone calls when both of us are in the same room. I don't think that maybe is breaking anonymity, but I don't think that's being fair because there are times you really get, you don't realize how much time goes by. And it's kind of rude to, you know, be sitting there talking to somebody for a half hour, 45 minutes, and uh, uh, they're sitting there, you know, well, you never talked to me that long on the telephone. And that's true. I wouldn't talk to that long. I wouldn't talk to anybody for three minutes on the telephone before we used anonymous. Uh, now I get some long-winded conversations, but not as long as some of you people. I know that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite that bad yet, but at times, at times. Uh, I, I get a lot of phone calls. I'm active in service. I do a lot of service, and I know this is a problem. Uh, and I don't know what to do about it. I've thought about even installing another phone, uh, a separate line that I could just unplug when I'm not there because I'm sure my wife doesn't care about answering the telephone all the time when I'm not there. That's got to be another problem, too. Uh, I don't know how to deal with that. I have talked to people who have been in program for a long time that have put two phones in. When they're not home, they just... People do a lot of service and travel and everything, that they do get a lot of calls from out of town. Uh, uh, if they're not there, well, I, I guess it shows busy or, or not answering or something, and uh, and then the phone doesn't ring and she doesn't get bothered. So that, that's another thing I'm going to look at uh, someplace down along the line. Yes, hey, I think you have to give each other space. Uh, no two people ever working the program at the same level. Uh, I'm not saying one gets ahead of the other, and I'm sure they do. Uh, and at probably different times, you're you know you're working at, at different levels, so I absolutely cannot afford to take anybody else's inventory, not my wife's anyway. And quite frankly, we don't discuss program a whole lot. But I, I you know, uh, it's still an individual thing to me, a one-on-one -on -one thing. I don't feel like I have to really discuss too much whatever you know. She can talk to her sponsor. Uh, I'm not her sponsor, and she doesn't agree with what I'm doing, well, that's fine. And, you know, if I don't agree with what she's doing, that's fine also. Uh, but you have to work your own program. And you really, really can't be too dependent upon each other. Now, this is only my opinion. I don't know how you work it. Maybe you talk your program all the time at home uh, to each other and what you should do or shouldn't do. But it seems to me like that might cause some hard feelings. I don't know. Maybe it would be wonderful if you could do that. I, I'm, I just don't think human nature will allow you. Uh, I, uh, but again, I'm I'm I'd like to hear some other opinions on that. Maybe I got some something to learn here. I joke a lot about OA being made up of mostly women, 95 or 6 percent uh, uh, women. But I tell you, uh, it's not so funny if you put yourself in in your wife's place, uh, and you're being a man in the program and you're surrounded by women all the time. Now, she, my wife was going to a program where there's 95% men and just, just a very few. I go to meetings where I'm the only guy there and there's 20, 20 or 30 women in the place. I'm sure most men have had that same problem. Uh, it takes a pretty strong woman to be able to handle that. They have to be pretty secure in their own right, I guarantee you, or, or I, jealousy will take over. There's, it has to, and maybe not that they think anything is going wrong. It's just that you're spending time with other women, you know, uh, and this, this, <laughs> you know, I, I would feel the same way if my wife was to do that. So I, I have to try to be as careful as I can about, uh, how much time I spend with women uh, and where I spend it, uh, or with the program. 
not to spend too much. Now, with one person, and you say maybe I'm, uh, this is not right, but there, I have no intention of hurting anybody anymore in my life if I can help it, and especially my wife. I don't want to hurt her. Uh, I don't want to hurt anybody. So I'm not going to do anything that, that knowingly will hurt her. So I, I am conscious of her feelings. Uh, at least I try to be, most of the time. If I did it all the time, it'd be all right. But, you know, most of the time. Uh, I would say, basically, I like the companionship of women. And men, too, you know. But women, I, you know, some men uh, really are very uncomfortable around women. I'm not. <coughs> I never have been. Uh, I'm not uncomfortable around men, either. But, uh, And I think women sense this. And uh, probably being there are not so many men in the program and they find someone who is, is doing fairly well in the program, they need a man to talk to you and everything, and this kind of takes away uh, from your time. It, it, it really is a very unbalanced program as far as men and women relationships are concerned. It's really bad. I, it, you know, somewhere it's got to get better. I go to some EA meetings, and it's about 50-50. You go to AA meetings, and it's maybe not 50-50, but it's pretty good, pretty good ratio. You go to OA meetings, it's not there. And I think until they do get a little better balance, there's going to be some problems. I, I can't, you know, you just have to work through them. and uh, There has to be some compromises. There really does. <coughs> I have a hard time in the program. This really has nothing to do with marriage or uh, anything, but probably get myself in trouble for saying it. But uh, women can get pretty vicious with each other. And I don't understand this. I, I don't think men do that. I don't think they do it to the degree that a lot of women do. And this bothers me. Uh, it's one of the things that I have trouble with in the program. When I have two uh, people who I consider to be friends and find out that they're fighting, you know, behind each other's back, but I see a lot of that in the program. And I don't know if any men have found that or not. And you end up right in the middle a lot of times where you don't really want to be. And... Uh, not fighting over me or anything. They just, you know, just a difference in personalities. But I don't see that with the men. Uh, maybe we don't have enough of them. But most of the men I know in program, we get along, you know, well, or we give each other more space or something. But you don't see the men fighting uh, with each other or arguing or, or whatever. We'll state our opinions and go on. I don't know why women have to, uh, uh, I don't know, caddy, is that the word? I don't know what you use for it. But I do see a lot of that, and that does bother me. I hate to see, and I, I know a lot of you are ready to throw bricks at me now, but but that that's just my opinion. I probably may not be true. I don't know, but that that bothers me. Uh, I don't think you have to love everybody in the program. I really don't. I don't. I think that's you know. I don't think you love everybody. I think you accept them. Uh, you learn to accept everybody. If you don't, well, you're going to have a lot of problems in this program. You're going to be. Uh, just what I said, you're going to be saying things about people you shouldn't be saying unless you learn to accept them. And I think that's a, that's a big point. You don't have to love them, but you better accept them where they are. And uh, I think it would really be silly to say that I loved everybody. I don't even know everybody. I don't love everybody. But, you know, I, I try I accept most people where they are in this program, regardless, you know, their faults or anything else. It's okay. We're all sick when we come to this program. You know, it's a disease. We're all in the same boat. And like I say, we're all working on little different levels. And if you've been around for a little while and talking to people, you know just about where they are in program or what level they're working at or how many years they've been in or anything. It's not too hard to spot. 
Not that I'm that good. It's just if you really watch and watch people, you, you can tell where they are in the program. You can tell how bad they're hurting, too. Somebody is really uh, speaking negative or anything, you know they're hurting. They really are. I'll give all the married ladies in here who are married to someone in the program to man an awful lot of credit. Like I say, it takes a pretty strong woman to to be able to handle a, a program like this as unbalanced as it is. I really do. I think you're you're pretty secure, and if your marriage is all right uh, and going along, I uh, I give you a lot of credit. I don't know whether I could be that good if the thing was turned around just the opposite way. I'm afraid I might not be. I don't know. That might be a little rough, but that's the way it is. I can't change it. I mentioned the phone calls uh, when you're in service, uh, whether it be a you know a man or a woman. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. If you're giving a lot of service, you're going to get a lot of phone calls. And this can be a problem. And I, that's one area I really don't know how to handle. Maybe somebody else has got some ideas on this. Uh, I know Nancy, for one, gets a lot of phone calls. I don't know how, you know, if you have any problem dealing with that or not. I don't know if your does. husband does. He's not here, I guess. Okay. All right. Uh, I tell you, another thing that I have noticed, the men that do stick with this program and come in seem to do quite well. They lose their weight. Uh, faster, I would say, as a whole. Uh, and, I, you know, this is not every one of them, but generally the men that do make it, the ones that come in, do seem to, to, to grab hold and, and and are go ahead and, and work the program, do their steps. Uh, and I think this attracts other people, whether it be men or women, because you're looking for somebody that's got what you want. So if you... If you are talking and you say you have lost the weight and you do have a good spiritual program going and emotionally you're 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 pretty secure you're going to attract people and uh, again that's another thing that's kind of hard uh, for for my wife to deal with or anybody else's wife I'm sure because other people will be attracted be it men or women and this takes away time and you know if it, it's not man woman relationship it's just you're taking away time from from your marriage and and this has to be uh, and until they say we get some more more men in the program, you're going. That's something we're going to have to live with. I have, uh, because of this program, I've been married 27 years. And last year, I learned how to tell my wife I love her. Uh, that was a benefit from from Overeaters Anonymous. I'm not sure my wife uh, appreciates that. You know, I'm sure she knew I loved her, but it's kind of nice to hear it once in a while. Uh, I do my homework now before I go away to <laughs> to a convention. <laughs> All right. In the interest of time, I'm not going to tell that story. But uh, uh, I came. Well, I will too. When I came home last year, just <coughs> quickly, uh, I went with nine girls, uh, or women, or ladies, or whatever, and uh, as you want to call them. Well, some were young, older. You know. Uh, I came home and Shirley couldn't go. She had to work, so uh, she was upset with me and. Uh, mad at her and this was when I uh, first time I was able to tell her I, I loved her and I've been married for 26 years and she got mad and stomped around for about a half hour I guess which is very unusual for, for her because we don't argue a whole lot 
uh, threw her purse against the wall and knocked some lamps over and stuff. And that's just not, not like her at all. So I knew she was mad at me. Uh, but, you know, she was willing to risk. First time she got mad at me since I've been in the program. Okay, it paid off. I, you know, I was able to tell her I love her. And you have to be willing to risk something. You have to be able to tell somebody what you want. Or uh, at least you have to be hurting bad enough where you are and willing to risk and try something else. You know, I could have said to, to heck with it and walked out and never came back in. I'm sure that thought might have crossed her mind. I don't know. Maybe she'd been glad to get rid of me about that time. That's possible, too. I don't know that. But you, when you're hurting bad enough where you are, you're going to risk something. And, you know, it worked out really for the best. It, it worked out for both of us. Uh, I was able to tell her and my daughter I love them. And now before I go away, if she can't go, I'm sure to do my homework. I tell her I love her. I buy her flowers before I go, not after I come back. And uh, uh, I tell her I'm going to miss her. And, you know, i never done that before. i never done that. I'm married 26 years. If I got ready to go somewhere, bye, I'll see you when I get back. You know, I never told her I was going to miss her or anything like that. And... Uh, not that we had a bad marriage. It really really wasn't that way. I just wasn't a very demonstrative person. I, you know, I never hugged anybody. I, uh, God forbid somebody tried to hug me before I come to this program. Uh, whew. It, uh, I've changed. I'm a different person. I, I am a much more, at least <coughs> outwardly, a more loving person than I ever was. I won't say that I wasn't a loving person, but I just couldn't show it. I couldn't show my emotions at all. And even today, I get uh, uh, people who say, uh, well, I don't know, they say I always have a frown on my face. I don't laugh a lot or smile or anything. But they hear me talk. I, I really have a sense of humor. It, maybe it just doesn't come out. I don't laugh all the time or anything. But uh, I do have a sense of humor. I like to write in humorous vein. I do for some articles for the paper and different things. Uh, I like to think that I, you know, I really do have a sense of humor. But it, it is, it's a mask I've wore all my life, and I can't change it. I just don't smile that much. Uh, that, that's another thing I'm going to have to work on. It's just very hard for me to show my emotions. You look at me, you really don't know what I'm thinking. Probably a pretty good poker player. Yeah, I was. Okay. Uh, from my point of view, uh, our marriage is better than it's ever been. But I, I don't really consider my marriage to ever have been bad. Uh, there was about four years when I was way up over the 400-pound mark that uh, uh, had to have been bad for my wife. Uh, you know, we say we don't hurt anybody but ourselves, but obviously, you know, we do hurt. Because for a year and a half, I never went any place before I came into the program. I never went to any type of a social function at all. So this means my wife doesn't go anywhere. And she's an outgoing person. She likes to go places. and. Uh, you know, here I am. I'm just a lump sitting at home. I got one chair I can sit on because if I sit on anything else, I'm going to break it. And uh, uh, really, the isolation was terrible. So I, I did hurt other people. You do hurt other people whenever you, you, whether you've got that much weight or not. If you isolate yourself, uh, you know, you're hurting people. So you have to, uh, you have to, you know, this this is a way to get well. This program can get you well if you let it. Uh, I can't apologize for what happened because I was sick. I didn't know it. I didn't, like I said, I didn't even consider myself to be fat. My God, when I see a picture, I didn't, I didn't bring any pictures in. That's all right. Take my word for it. Uh, <laughs> I, I wore a size 62 trouser and a, about a 62 jacket. So, uh, you know, pretty good size fellow.
I guess that's really about all I can say, because I want to leave this open. I want Shirley to, to, to speak for a little while and give the other side. And I've never heard her speak. She's given her leads around. We really do go to separate meetings a lot, although we do go to, you know, some together. But she goes days to some of the day meetings, and, and I go to evening meetings most of the time. So I've really never heard her speak or her opinion on this at all. So this is going to be new for me, too. I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, so I turn it over to her. And if she can hear you, anyway. I'm Shirley, and I'm a compulsive overeater from Dayton. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Um, John stole some of my material, but that's all right. Okay. Uh, in uh, February of 80, my life began changed quite a bit. There was confusion, uh, doubts, and jealousy even entered in at that time. This is when John joined away, and he went to the meetings and did his things, and he was changing, and I just really couldn't understand what was going on with him. And um, I can remember the first night he went to OA, and he came home, and I thought, huh, well, I'm going to have to do all this diet stuff again. And um, I, I asked him, I says, well, show me your diet sheet. And he says, what diet sheet? They don't have a diet sheet in OA. It is... Um, you eat three meals a day and refrain from <coughs> eating white sugar and flour. And I says, oh my God, what kind of diet's this? Eating three meals a day, how can anyone lose any weight at this time? And, you know, all these questions were running through my mind. How could anybody lose weight with this? And, um, uh, this, um, also added some other doubts of leaving me out of his life because I wasn't having to prepare his meals a certain way and to do all this and not get the pat on my back. Poor Shirley, you know, she's doing all this extra work for John, you know. He's not going to lose weight until Shirley helps him. Well, I was wrong there, too. And um, to say with these other little added doubts coming into my mind, that wasn't enough. The second day after he attended his uh, OA meeting, I was at work, and I always called home to check and find out how he was doing and whether he was okay or that, and I couldn't get through. The line was busy. And I tried, and I tried for over an hour, and there was no, you know, it was just a busy signal, and finally I had to wait until I got a break, and then I come back, and I asked him if he was all right, if the phone was off the hook or what was happening. He says, oh, no, one of the members from OA called me. And I thought, geez, what do you talk about for that long? You know, he won't even talk to me for five minutes. How can he talk to somebody else? <coughs> he doesn't even know for longer than that. And uh, so these doubts were in the back of my mind for a long time. Uh, then, as, as time went by, he, he was losing his weight and his personality was changing. And then he started to go to more meetings. And he was sitting around reading his AA book and step book. And I thought, oh, okay. You know, just shoving me out of his life completely, just leaving me out here by myself. And I thought, geez, what, still, what kind of an organization is this? You know, I know he's not an alcoholic, but uh, then I, I got questioning myself. And um, not only that, was he reading all this stuff, he was taking his phone calls in the room. You know, and I thought, geez, this is really pushing me out. 
and uh, I did have a lot of these feelings. And uh, I think it was in September, Dr. Lee came in to talk and at a workshop at Kurtz, and uh, John didn't ask me to go with him during the daytime, but he asked me if I'd go home, go with him that night. And then when I went in there that night, all these women were hugging him. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and here's a man that doesn't hug in public. You know, this is a no-no <coughs> since we were first married. No, no, you just don't do this in public, you know. And then all these women were hugging him and all this stuff. And this added some more doubts in there. I was piling up all these little doubts and jealousy and all this other stuff was adding in. And um, still was questioning, geez, what kind of an organization is this anyway, you know? Even though I was reading some of the literature, I still really didn't understand it. And um, he was still losing his weight. He was sending me some flowers, and he was sending me cards, which he never done, unless it was a special occasion. And then all of a sudden, I'd start getting these flowers and these cards and stuff. Question. <laughs> you know? Question. Well, I liked them, but I still had my doubts and questions, you know? And um, so then I started to go to meetings so I could find out what this all was about, and I could help John, you know. I didn't need to go to the meetings, but I could help John if I went to the meetings. And then I learned what the phone calls were about, what the hugging was about, and uh, the change. But I still had my doubts. And another thing that really bothered me at this time was all these phone calls. Why couldn't these people call when I was at work? You know, didn't they know I worked? Eight hours a day, they could call in during those eight <coughs> hours a day. No matter that my schedule was very flexible. You know, one day I'd work seven to three, the next day I'd work three to 11. You know, my schedule was never a patent schedule. So how could anyone plan anything with my schedule? And um, so then uh, the, the phone calls, the hugs, and the meetings weren't bad enough. You know, all this stuff was infiltrating into me. And uh, then, as he said, he went away for the weekend with these women, you know? I mean, geez, this is quite a blow to you, you know? You have your little world here, and then all these changes are coming about. They're not uh, as pleasant as I would have liked them to have been, but they were changes. And it kind of devastated me there for a while. And then um, I felt, you know, geez, you know, John really loved me. He wouldn't do this. He wouldn't go away and leave me for the weekends with these other women. And uh, so I was still having these little doubts. And then we were over to his mother's place. <laughs> and, uh, and John went to visit some OAers in Muncie. And my mother-in-law says, Shirley, don't you know this is going to ruin your marriage, him running off to these other women, seeing all these women? You know, how can you let him do this? All these women into John's life, how can you do it? He's going to ruin your marriage. And I says, well, no, no, no. He's, it's helping him. It's working for him. And, um, of course, during this period of time, I had several OAers ask me the same question. And my smart answer was always, well, I get to take him home with me. Even though I was still crying inside, 
and well, geez, you know, these doubts were still entering into me. I was still given this wise answer. And uh, it was quite hard to deal with all the negatives that I got. But then I started weighing the positives, and the positives outweighed the negatives by a million to one. Um, if, then I told myself, if this is the way John is going to get well and to maintain his weight and uh, live longer, then this is the way it's going to be. Um, OA has helped John recover from many of his illnesses, as he stated, and um, losing his weight and extended his lifespan and gave me these last few years to an enriched life that we've shared. Um, I just thank God for each and every one of OA members that have helped him through this program. And uh, if you see me and I'm moody, please bear with me. I'm having one of my doubts, my little jealousies or something, but please bear with me. Um, I want to thank all of you for giving us this time to share with you. And um, I know that um, OA is the only place for us, and this is the only way of living, is the way we're living now. No, that's fine. You have some time to share. I wonder if any, anybody else would like to, to share here and tell about Yeah, here we go. My favorite topic. Hi, my name is Nancy, and I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, my name is I have a, my story is a little bit different. Uh, when I came into OA, I was in the process of a divorce. Uh, I used to always think that my ex-husband, who was an alcoholic, was the sick one, <laughs> and I didn't have any problems. Uh, I found out that uh, I was also one very sick person. But when I first came into the program, I didn't, uh, I used the program as sort of an escape from men, because one thing, there weren't any men around. And um, I really, and I'm really glad that I did that in a way, because um, it allowed me to get to like myself because what had happened what happens many times is you take the weight off and uh, sometimes I had a lot of my feelings and everything I didn't know what they were and got involved in some relationships that uh, weren't very good for me but after I first met my husband uh, when he first came into the program and I really credit the program for uh, allowing me to get to know him because he was someone I would never have dated or never have considered even going out with. And because of the program, we got to sharing with each other and we got to be really good friends. And I knew him for a year before we ever went out on a date. And the way I ended up going out on a date is I was dating a friend of his. And that relationship was breaking up and uh, 
I use the, the third step, you know, it says we turn our will and our life over to the care of God. Well, when I turn something over to God, I would say, okay, God, you know, this is, you know, I don't want this relationship to break up, but what I, what I want is this, and I would tell him in great detail. And, but then I said, please help me accept the way it turns out. Well, the way it turned out was that relationship broke up, but I started dating uh, my husband. And uh, a little over a year later, we were married. And it will be in November 4th. Just a few weeks away, we'll be married four years. When there is a lot of things, he one of the things, a couple things that... Uh, John and Shirley talked about is one of the things I had to do was find a balance and that's hard find a balance between my program life my family I have two children my job I work full-time and the service involvements I'm in and sometimes I get out of balance and I know <laughs> right away when I do and it takes a lot of practice and also it takes a lot of hard work and effort because my my marriage is very important to me um, sometimes we have to sit down and say okay what are we going to do the service I'm involved in involves a minimum of 10 weekends that I have to be away from home um, we I, I've made a commitment that I will not go I will not go away more than two weekends a month and for some people, they'd say, my God, you know, how can you do that? But that's something we have agreed on. It is something that is acceptable to, to both of us. And that was something that was important, uh, to sit down and really talk about, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, we have set aside a standing date. We found that sometimes what happened is, you know, he would be going off to meetings, I would be going off to meetings, we'd be getting involved in work, and so we set aside Wednesday nights, our night. We have a date. Nobody schedules anything on Wednesday night unless there's a full-fledged conference, you know. <laughs> and we say, is it okay? Uh, and then we, then we designate another night. And we found that was important. Uh, one thing with telephone calls, uh, they can come at inopportune times. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> um, you learn to unplug the telephone. <laughs> uh, or don't answer, one or the other, you know. But um, and that's frustrating. We have some, some friends, we have one person in particular, we call our dear friend Judy, because she has more than once she called in an inopportune time. Um, another thing that I found is uh, when they mentioned the jealousy, that's something else that happened. Uh, he was going through a pro time when he was having a lot of problems, and it's been a long haul, and he's still not out of it. But I'd sit and pray, you know, that he'd go to a meeting. Uh, he was eating, I knew he was eating, he wasn't eating at home, but I just knew, I mean, in my heart, and there's nothing, I mean, the pain was indescribable. Um, but one of the things I found is 
I kept praying he'd go to meetings. Something would happen. And he, one day, he just decided he got a new sponsor. He started going to, he made a commitment. He was going to go to 21 meetings in 21 days, you know. And he started off on his merry way. Well, by the second night after he was going out for coffee with all the ladies, my mind was going, oh, no. <laughs> you know, what it ended up is I was very jealous of his time, and that, that was really the main thing. It was the time. And so we worked it out that what I would do is, since I couldn't always get away to go to the meetings and everything, I had other things to do, I'd go meet him for coffee. So we'd find out beforehand, or he'd call me and say they're going to such and such a place, and I'd go, and that solved the problem. I didn't have to do it every night. You know, it wasn't something, but it was something that I knew I had that freedom, and I could, you know, go and... You know, we might even be sitting talking to different people or whatever. We didn't have to be with each other, but it was just the fact that I didn't feel so left out. And that's something we have to, that we work on. Um, another thing I think is, is just, you talk about not talking program. And we do talk program sometimes, sometimes we don't. Uh, one of the things I've found is I have to work my program. I can't take his inventory, and it's hard. I like to do that. <laughs> I like to say, well, I think you should be doing such and such. And I found it that's not good for me at all. I can't judge. If he's having problems, I have to let him go with love. And it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Because I can't fix them. I can only take care of myself. And I know that in those times, I've had times that I wanted, I thought maybe I should just quit everything I'm involved in and stay home and try and fix them. <laughs> and I know that that's just my mind getting in my way. And I know that the thing I have to do is I have to keep going to meetings. I have to keep giving service. I have to keep making phone calls. I have to keep reading. I have to keep doing everything harder. And the worst thing I can do is isolate myself because if we're both isolating, we're going to be dead. And if any of you, you know, are having problems uh, with spouses, uh, keep coming back yourself. And uh, if anybody wants to share on the subject, <laughs> please talk to me later. Thank you. Hi, my name is Paul, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Paul. Hi, thank you. Uh, this is very hard for me, and I wasn't sure if I was even going to come to this workshop or not. And I sure wasn't sure if I was going to talk tonight, but I decided it was something I needed to say. Um, I came into OA, I think it was in 1978, and I started losing weight. And my husband and I had just had marital problems, and we were working them out and he decided to start coming into the program. And uh, we talked it over and he went to a couple meetings with me. And 
because of the program that I had brought home, he started losing weight without coming to OA. So he lost most of his weight before he even came, even came into an OA meeting. And he was very thin when he came in. Um, a while later, he started giving service, and he became chairman of our inner group. And I started feeling very resentful towards that. It was like I felt that before that I was his wife, and in a way I was me, and then it was something that was taken away from me. I became his wife again. And it was it was really very difficult for me for me to deal with. In that time, we had been married for 14 years, and we had our first child. Now, because of the weight loss, I lost 117 pounds in my first year. And uh, when the baby was six months old, my husband had to take off to California for the week, for the for OA. And I was really upset. I mean, I was <laughs> terribly upset because of that. And. Um, I started getting more resentful and more resentful as time went on, and my attitude was, okay, he's trying to save everybody else, and he's trying to help everybody else, and he's getting all these phone calls. I'm going to start eating to show everybody else that, you know, he can't even help his wife at home. How's he going to help everybody else? And it really hurt me a lot more than it hurt him. You know, it hurt both of us. It hurt our marriage. Not once did I tell him how proud I was of him that he was, had lost the weight and kept it up. And because I was into my compulsion again and into my problem, um, I was like pushing him out of my life. And he was getting phone calls from, you know, from his babies. Well, this summer when, when our, we just had a, an, another baby in August, I had another daughter. And when she was two months old, my husband came home and told me he wanted a divorce. And that OA was first in his life, and his family came second, and he didn't love me anymore, and this and that and the other thing. Well, it turned out that he was having an affair with one of his babies. And it was really very hard to deal with. Um, we went as far as both of us getting a lawyer. And the day that I went and talked to my lawyer, he was not in the office when I got there, so I went to my cousin's um, place of business, which was just down the street. And my cousin happened to be, you know, is kind of like head of our family, and you know, somebody you talk to all the time and, and kind of helps you out. So he said, why don't you go home? Tell your husband that you didn't like the lawyer and you'll find another one and then don't. And I said, well, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I knew how mad he'd be if I did this. And he said, and I don't think he'll leave. And he said, and in the meantime, you can start losing weight. After you lose weight, find yourself another guy and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I started thinking about this. And, I, you know, I didn't want the divorce in the first place. You know, I still love my husband. And I felt if I could do that just to find somebody else, why couldn't I start working my working on my program and working on myself so so that he and I could stay together? Well, I came home that night and I told him I didn't want the divorce. And of course, he blew his top because he had everything, you know, neatly in a package. Well, this was going to happen. This was going to happen. That was going to happen. And 
we both started talking, we both started crying, um, things progressed, and one day they were better, and the next day they were, you know, a little bit worse, and we started going to a marriage counselor who was a 12-step person, and she has helped us immensely. One of the things she told us um, <coughs> was that in AA, men do not sponsor men. I mean, men do not sponsor women, and women do not sponsor men. And that him sponsoring women was really a very slippery place for him to be in. And this was the kind of thing I had been telling him for months, <laughs> but he wouldn't believe me. He wouldn't listen to me. He could just kept telling me that I was invading his program and that I was, you know, telling him what to do and I can't run his program and all this kind of stuff. And during all this time, a friend of mine, you know, told me, look, you can't deal with this by yourself. Come back to the meetings, because I hadn't been going back. Um, so I did, and I, and I started, you know, losing the weight again and being abstinent, and I'm, thank God, still doing it. It's been about five months, and I've lost, you know, I'm starting to lose again what I gained back, which was most of what I lost, you know, I gained back most of what I lost the first year. But, um... He gave up his baby. It was very hard for him to do, the, gir the girl he was, he was uh, sponsoring. And it was really rough for both of us for a while because she and I were both going to the same meetings for a while. And we, you know, we both knew who each other was. And we'd see each other. And I found out that even though I've talked to a lot of people about it and to sponsors about it, that it's still something I'm dealing with because when I found out she was going to be here tonight, you know, I said, oh my God, <laughs> you know, how am I going to handle this? And then I said, I said to the guy I was riding with, well, at least she's here tonight and I don't have to worry about it because he's <laughs> home. <laughs> he's home with the kids. And it's not really something I have to worry about anyway at this point. It's just still in my head that I have to worry, you know. And he is now chairman of our inner group again. And this time, I'm going to try to handle it differently. I'm still a little bit scared when he goes off to the, the region meetings and, you know, uh, the conven or the thing that's coming up in, in California. Uh, whether he goes or not, I don't know. And I'm, you know, I'm still kind of leery and scared about how, how he handles that kind of situation. But it's something I don't have any control of. And i got to realize that. And... Instead of getting all hyper while he's gone, I've got to just work on me and work on my program. And if I have to call somebody every minute while he's gone, that's what I'm going to do because I do not want to lose what I have found. And I don't want to get so <coughs> um, I don't know, erratic isn't the word, but I can't think of the right word. But I, I don't want to get so um, upset while he's gone. That I that I do more damage, you know, to myself and to our marriage, and and I can't expect him, that, you know, that he's going to call every minute when he was away before. If he didn't call me um, when I thought he should be someplace, I got all upset. There was one time he, it was midnight, and he hadn't called me to tell me he made it somewhere, and I called the wife of somebody he went with to find out she heard from her husband. I mean, I woke her up and got her out of bed, you know, and it, it's. It's a compulsion I have, you know, it's, it's a problem I have that I have to deal with. And I think it's, you know, it's going to be a little better this time. And I thank you for listening.
Anybody else? Time for one more. Hello, I'm Jackie Cohen, and I'm a compulsive person. I really didn't expect to do this, but from the stories that I heard here, uh, my story is a, a little bit different uh, in terms of uh, it's a more positive uh, approach to this. Uh, until this very minute, I never thought of being jealous. I'm so grateful to the program for my husband for the new life that it's given him, and it's given our marriage. And I never thought of a moment um, when he was peace speaking or hugging other women, or that he's been to a lot of meetings and uh, has been with a lot of women, I'm sure he's talked with, and they call our house. And it never occurred to me that there was anything funny about it. I feel very grateful for this program uh, it's helped us a lot, and he's just doing great, and uh, I hope it will continue. <laughs>